The following program is brought to you by Fanbags Cornhole, Chicago's official supplier of professional cornhole boards and bags. Choose from any of their officially licensed designs or have my boy Brian design a custom set using anything from a selfie to your company's logo. Visit www.fanbagscornhole.com and use the promo code BRAGS to get 10% off your entire order. That's www.fanbagscornhole.com and use the promo code BRAGS to get 10% off. Step up your game with Fanbags Cornhole. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? This is Boilers in the Stands. I am your host, Greg Braggs Jr. Alongside me, as always, is my guy, Joe Jackson. And beneath me is a new a newcomer here for this year. He's not a newcomer to the show. He's been on several times in years past. But my guy, Ben Kalidzinski. How you doing tonight, Ben? I'm doing really well, Greg. It's really great to see you. It's been a long time. I'm super excited for tonight's episode of Bragg's in the Stands. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, we've been calling these up. Uh, you know, this year, we, you know, it's it's Bragg's in the Stands, obviously, with the network. But we started to transition a little with calling these boil, boilers in the stands, uh, you know, as far as what we title the shows. Uh, so, so a lot of the, you know, Boilermaker Nation can figure out who the hell I am. Like, who's this Braggs guy jumping on the scene? Uh, so it, it's, you know, trying to put a, a face to the name or a name to the face, whatever you want to say. Uh, Joe's certainly helping out with that as a, a proud member of the paint crew. Uh, you know, he's, he's out yep. there every day cheering. You can see him here. Oh, there he is. A couple rows back in the paint crew. So, uh, you know, without further ado, let's bring on our special guest for the day. He is a Purdue Hall of Famer and a legend in his own right. Joining the show for the first time ever is Walter Jordan. How you doing tonight, Walter? Thank you so much for coming on here. Good Uh, evening, gentlemen. How we doing? Good. Yeah, we're we're great. A lot better now that you're here, right? Um, you know, recently you were inducted into the Purdue Athletic Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, you had your induction ceremony last Saturday, and then you were at the game. Um, talk about what that experience for you was like to be a pre, you know, remembered and appreciated. You know, for everything you've done for the Purdue basketball program. Well, I'm certainly uh, humbled and honored. Um, still, so surreal. I mean. It's not something you can ever dream about or think about. And I thank God for his plan, what my plan was, his plan. And uh, it was just unbelievable weekend, Boilermaker Nation and, and the uh, Purdue, uh, John Purdue Club and, and the Purdue coaching staff and everybody just shows so much love and appreciation. I am so grateful and so proud to be a Boilermaker. And I'm deeply humbled and honored by this honor, especially with my uh, good friends, uh, Leroy Keys named and attached to it, was even more special. So very emotional weekend, up and down, uh, highs and lows. Of course, thinking about my teammate, roommate, friend, Eugene Parker. Started thinking about all the coaches that are not here, from Fred Shouse to Bob King to Roger Blaylock to Joe Sexton. And those guys who, who touched my heart and touched my life at a very young age, at 18 years of age. And, being away from home my first time and being able to sleep in, in my own bed for the first time. So, 
you, you get emotional. You start thinking about all those guys and, and, um, but, uh, you know, it was, it was a great ride, great journey. And I just, I'm so appreciative of everybody has been along with that journey with me. Well, uh, and, and I think the fans appreciate you being along for the journey nowadays. I mean, we got people in the chat saying, you know, Walter Jordan has the best Twitter takes. Yes. Uh, you're very active on there, you know, during game day and, and things like that. And I think that's a lot of fun for, people that you know you know cherish this program like we do and uh it's it's great to see someone you know that is is such a imposing figure with this program still staying connected to it you know when you talk about being a part of this this program that you know now after beating ohio state they have a winning record purdue does against every single team in the big 10 what is that like for you to know that you are a part of some, the most Big Ten championships? They're looking to add onto that in regular season championships. The winning record against every single Big Ten team, that almost seems impossible. You know, what is that like for you to know that you're a part of such a successful program within the Big Ten? Well, it's huge. Uh, I believe Golden Black. And one of the things that I know for sure that. Uh, the basketball family, the players, we got fraternity. We love each other. We watch each other. We don't necessarily, not only basketball, but athletics in general. So we, we group for uh, those 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 individuals that's playing female and male, uh, representing Golden Black. And one of the things why I'm active on Twitter is the, because I, I see the negative t- negativity out there. And I hate when someone attacks any athlete from any school because I know how tough it is to, to play at that level. To be the top 1% of anything is a hell of an accomplishment. And people don't know what these kids go through um, across the board. And what we have to do is be positive and uplifting. No one's trying to miss a shot. No one's trying to turn the ball over. No one's trying to lose a game. If you're out there, you're trying to compete. And we have to keep that in mind. These are young people. So I'm thick-skinned. I can handle what everybody say to me on Twitter. But I'm gonna I'm gonna speak my mind when when it comes to protecting these players and somebody I respect and I respect most all players including the Indiana players. I mean it's okay to talk about grown people and adults, but the basketball players out there they're going through a lot. They, the athletes out there going through a lot, trying to handle school, the pressure of Twitter, the pressure of, of social media, and, and and all the other stuff that comes with it. So I try to keep that in mind, and I, I have my own personal thoughts, but I'm not gonna you don't tweet everything you think, you know. So, that's something I try to guard against. Yeah, I mean, it's a fine line, right? Um, Absolutely. And I think, you know, you, as a fan, you kind of you you kind of miss that when you're talking about college kids. I mean, they're adults, but they're still kids. And a lot of anybody that has kids would know when you're that young, you're still a kid, even though you're legally an adult. Uh, you know, that doesn't mean they're against criticism, but it's a, it's about how you put it out there. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and that's something that like here, we, you know, we, we try to give an analytical approach and, and, and we're not just waving the pom-poms in our post-game shows, but we also are respectful that they're student athletes and there's a bigger picture. You know, I, you know, anybody that watches this show knows, you know, part of my story of being a, a Purdue Boilermaker fan and, and covering this team is from Sasha Stefanovic, who's a, a good friend of ours and my family, and, and we're friends with his family. And, and I and I and I watched that as far as watching him come up and and having to bite my tongue, seeing people be critical of him. And it was hard at times because you, you kind of get puffy chested for your guy and you see people saying nasty things or, or things that are flat out wrong because you're a little closer to what's going on. And they, they think they know a little better than they do. And you know, it comes with the territory at the end of the day, but at the same time, it, 
you know, is a, you know, I think fans need the to personal, constantly. The personal attacks uh, when you saying someone's ugly or talking about their families or right. stuff like that, that has to stay out of the game. Uh, that's not necessary because uh, I know if you talk about my son like that or, or my family like that, those are fighting words. Those are things that need to, need to not be entered into the space. And, and those are things that I'm talking about, not not necessarily, okay, he had a bad game, he didn't play well. Well, we, we saw that. We can state that. We, that's, that's, that's okay. But he'll bounce back or something like that. So, I mean, we need to encourage our kids. I, I try to encourage players, players individually through the inboxes, and, and, and a lot of them engage back with me because I try to keep them positive, have a bad game. They, somebody need to lift them up. Somebody has been through that experience, need to pick them up and say, that's okay, keep your head up. You got tomorrow. Tomorrow's a bigger game. Let's keep yep. going. And we need we need we need people like that too. So you know, kind of bounce each other out. Well, I think any team couldn't could have used someone like you, you know, four years at Purdue, an illustrious career. I mean, two time first team all big ten, fifth in all time rebounds. Somebody here in the chat had some of your points and and it was a it was a good question. So I wanted to make sure I got it out the gate, but now I'm not seeing it. 1,813 points and 882 rebounds. And Jeff Parks asked. How many points do you think you would have had if you would have had the three-point <laughs> shot in your years at Purdue? <laughs> That's an interesting question. You know, I played with some great players, and so we we distributed the ball quite a bit. We played with Joe Barry Carroll and Eugene Parker and Bruce Parkinson and Wayne Walls. And, you know, I, I thank God I didn't have to show the burden alone. So, But in the Big Ten at the time, I really believe in my era, and I'm not just saying it's because I'm on this podcast, but – I think I played in the biggest, the toughest area there was uh, in the 80s, with, in the 70s, when you had Magic Johnsons of the world, you had the Larry Birds of the world, you had Kevin McHale, the Michael Thompson, Indiana teams with two undefeated teams back-to-back, Michigan went to the Final Four, Ricky Greenfield, Hubbard. Every team had NBA players and guys that can flat-out play. And I always thought about just the fact that uh, coaches believed in me. When I was a freshman, they believed in me. Players, teammates believed in me. Um, I didn't come to college just to, to be a scorer. Uh, I was six five when I ent- entered Purdue, and I left six eight. So I was recruited to be a two guard along with Eugene Parker, but <laughs> but I ended up being a freshman. Then I they put me small forward, and I made a mistake of showing Coach Shaw so I can rebound. So I now stayed at small forward. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. Um, you know, I want to throw it to these guys. This is my co-host over to my uh, right or left. I don't even know what it is. My head's spinning at this point. <laughs> Laying the bricks in the cold today. You know, hard to think straight. But uh, to my right is Joe Jackson. And underneath is, is a good friend of mine, Ben Kolodzinski from Indiana Sports Coverage. So I'm going to throw it to those okay. guys now that I've fired a few away. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, um, you know, like Brad's kind of said, just you had an illustrious career at Purdue. Um, do you have just a favorite, you know, game or maybe a memory within a game? Um, you know, when you kind of think back of your career at Purdue, one that really like stands out to you? There's several. Um, of course, beating Indiana at Assembly Hall my senior, my junior year was big. Uh, played really well the second half. Um, beating Magic Johnson at, at Michigan State at home. Uh, last time I played against him, splitting with missions against Magic. That's always a thrill. Splitting with Larry Bird, that was a thrill. Uh, had one of my better games in Michigan State. I think had 28 points, 16 rebounds, or something like that. He had 28 too, but uh, it it was a it was a great game. Um, uh, that was my senior year. Uh, a couple other games, uh, 28 points my freshman year against Michigan State. My first Big Ten start stands out. 
of course, Minnesota playing against uh, Mikhail and Michael Thompson, who I think is a better player than Clay Thompson in college. His dad, but but playing against uh, Minnesota, every time we seen the play, we was triple overtime, no matter what. They had a great team. I thought the most talented team in the Big Ten, even with Indiana's two undefeated, uh, basically, teams. I thought Minnesota had more talent. Uh, so we always seem to take them to overtime, to triple overtime. Every time we played Minnesota, it seemed like it was going to be an overtime game. But beating them after they led most of the game at Williams Arena uh, in that madhouse and to, to force overtime to hit the shot to send them semester the overtime, then we end up beating them in overtime. So those are some of the games that stand out. Uh, of course, uh, rivals against Michigan and Indiana games will always stand out. I had no chance to beat Indiana three of the four times that we played them when they won the, the, the national championship in the season before that. We had them three out of the four times. We had them beat. Uh, we don't. We're the, we're the closest to them to them losing those two two years. Those three out of four times we had them. So those those those, those games stand out the most. Uh, before I throw it to Ben, you know when you talk about playing against Larry Bird and Magic Johnson back when they were in their college days. I mean, everyone knew, and then and then you eventually get drafted in the NBA in the fourth round in 1978. So you were kind of like right in that spot where basketball took off, you know, like a rocket ship. And it was largely because of Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and that, and that rivalry in college and then moving it on to the NBA. What was that like for you to – you know, you know, you, you played against them, you played well against them. And then to watch them revolutionize the sport and turn it into a global, you know, I always want to credit my guy, Michael Jordan here off behind me, but you know, you know, it was Larry Bird and Magic Johnson that set the foundation for what the NBA and basketball in general is today. What was that like for you to experience watching that climb and be a part of it? Well, I've I know Larry since high school because we came out to 74 together. We played on the Indiana All-Star team together. Uh, we played on the World University game team together. We won a gold medal together. So I know Larry really well. Um, I know he talks a lot of trash. But, <laughs> <laughs> but to see him progress uh, to, where, to where he became Larry Bird before he was, you know, Larry Bird, he was an incredible uh, uh, a young guy who's very, very talented. And you can tell that uh, he, no one's going to outwork him. He's really smart. You know, he, he understood the game and I was just proud of him. I'm proud of his development. You know, of course you always want to beat him, but there's very few people. I, I, I think that, that I pride myself on of being outwork. I think Larry Bird just, just outworked me, but I also think that uh, magic was special in the way that he was just so gifted. If there was ever somebody that had the, the right nickname, it was magic Johnson. He was just magical. I mean, he, he walks in a room and that's Magic Johnson, you know. But what he's doing now is it's not not by accident. I think he's been uh, granted great favor in his life, overcoming some of the things he, he's overcome with his health. But, but that's Magic Johnson. He's a winner. He, he's won at everything he's attempted to do. And so I'm not surprised that they're achieving at the high level that they've achieved and, and are still doing it. So I, I wish them well because they're good people. Uh, great to com compete against them. I mean, you always want to compete against the best. I took pride in trying to play my best against the best. Uh, you know, I had a tough time getting up for, for guys who were supposed to be. But when you play against the big games, like this game coming up Saturday, I, I text the guys, this, this is what you come to Purdue for. This is what it's all about. You right. got to got show up in the big game. Right. And I, I take pride in showing up. I took pride in showing up in the big what's game. Your, what's your best trash-talking Larry Bird story? I mean, I, we've heard so many throughout <laughs> the years, specifically in the NBA, but what do you got from us from a, a younger Larry Bird day? 
Well, you know, we were we were in we were in Southport for the Indiana High School Kentucky All Star Game, and, and we had just finished practice. And the coaches, we was at the, out by the pool. We were all by the pool, and Coach Overton walks by, and and he's the head coach, and and Larry Bird says, uh, "I'm going to throw him in the pool." And we said, "Get out of here! You're not cut that coach in the pool." <laughs> and, and guess what? He threw him in the pool. <laughs> but. But Larry was just, he's just so much fun. He was such a character. We, I mean, we hung out, but he's just so much fun on the court. I remember playing my rookie year and he had gotten, you know, he came in the league and we're playing in Boston Garden and I get in the game and he said, uh, I was waiting for you. <laughs> I said, I mean, why in the hell are you waiting for me? I wasn't waiting for you. But uh, he says, well, he's the next time I do someone's in the free throw. He comes stand by me. He says, I'm going to get the ball in the left elbow. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to get the ball, turn over my left shoulder. I'm just going to shoot. I'm not going to dribble and shoot in your face. And you're not going to be able to do anything about it. <laughs> and I said, shut the hell up, man. <laughs> I'm already nervous. I'm a rookie. I'm playing against the Boston Celtics. And guess what he did? He got the ball, turned over his left shoulder and put it in the bucket. You know, so. And, and that, that that was just that was just Larry Bird. And he smiled and he said, "I told you what I was going to do, and I told you, you couldn't stop me." So Isn't that crazy. I, I, I laugh. I laugh all the time, Bob, because he, he just, and then we laughed about it after the game. So it was all good. Isn't, isn't that crazy? I, Jordan was similar, but like Larry, I don't know, like because Kobe mirrored a lot of what Michael ended up, you know, being, you know, close as close as you could get to MJ, which is an amazing accomplishment for Kobe. Yes. I don't know if there's anybody that has, will ever be like Larry Bird again. His uniqueness, um, his feel for the game. When I hear kids today, you know, um, shortchange him, they don't, they, they, and, and not put him in top five all time. Like, I don't think they quite understand just how uniquely special he was and his touch and feel for the game, the shooting. You know, from all different well, angles and everything else. Go well, ahead. But one of the things that kids today don't understand is they disrespect their history. They disrespect the Oscar Robinsons of the world because they yeah. did 16 dribbles behind the back, step back, and all that other stuff. We could have done it if we if, if it was shown before us. That wasn't shown before us. That was not the style of play. So we didn't practice that stuff. We practiced fundamental basketball. Larry Bird was strong fundamentally, smart footwork. You know, he couldn't jump. He wasn't quick. He took what God gave him and made himself a hell of a basketball player. You got to respect anybody that does that. He wasn't blessed with a 40-inch vertical. He wasn't just blessed with a 4-140. He, he was blessed with what he got, 6-9, very, very smart, tough as hell, and a hell of a competitor. And he took that, and he, and he ran with it. And so you have to respect that. So a lot of guys can jump out the gym and they have no fundamentals, no knowledge of the game, and they're not good basketball players. You know, when I when people ask me who when I have picked my top five, typically I try to pick guys that I watched play. But when I go to point guard, you know, I have a lot of love for Steph Curry. I think he is, and and I don't just as much as pe- like young kids sell the past short. Anybody you know that sells the game nowadays short. You know, I always point to Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors. I mean, it's basketball poetry when they're playing at their best. But I would never pick Steph over Pistol Pete Maravich at point guard. 
<laughs> to your point about fundamentals and not having a three point shot, they didn't, you know, and he played, he didn't, and he dropped like 48 a game, like literally average in the forties for LSU. I mean, it, uh, just an, well, you, you and I, you and I get along because I saw the bear stuff. And I grew up in Chicago well, that, I was definitely going there with the, with the sweetness and, we, and we'll get to that, but I, I'm loving this old but, school basketball talk. And, and, and the thing that I, I wanted to ask you when it comes to like pistol Pete, not necessarily pistol, but like just how much the game has evolved from then to now, you know, what is your perspective of that? And and in comparison to the Big Ten in particular, how fascinating it is, is is it that the Big Ten really is like the last institution that hasn't changed that much over the last few decades? So your perspective on the game itself changing so much in the last 40 years and the Big Ten in a lot of ways staying well, the same. I have a lot of respect for the athletes today, the basketball players today. Uh, but at the same time, you know, we played multiple sports. Um, baseball season, played baseball, football season. We grew up playing different sports. These kids are so specialized. They have trainers year round. They have the best nutritionists in the world. Nutritionists in the world. Uh, they're they're built differently than 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 most of us. You know, um, uh, when we were back in the day, you know, we we played with uh, broke fingers. <laughs> you know, kids today don't play with a cut on their finger. They're, I think they're not as tough as we were. And I'm not just saying that. I mean, as far as mentally tough. So um, I look at that a lot. And I look at the fact that, you know, you look at the NBA load management. What the hell is that? So, <laughs> I mean, when I think about old school, I think about guys that, 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 that really worked at their craft, but they also knew their history and they respected their history. They know who Pistol Pete was. They know who Bill Russell's story, not just exactly on the court, but off the court. They know the, you know the stories about your history. I couldn't wait to watch a Pete Maravich film. I couldn't wait to watch him driving the car and driving the ball outside of the car. And, you know, I couldn't, I knew, I listened to Pistol Pete and Austin Carr and, and Calvin Murphy games on the radio when I was in middle school. We didn't have them on TV. Like they got all these games on TV. You know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. You can watch anything. Imagine we could watch all these great players play constantly. How much better we would be. You know, we had the NBA, the NBA on Sundays. You might get one game, the NBA game of the week. It's usually Boston, Philadelphia, Los Angeles, somebody, right? That That's all we had. We had that one game. So imagine every night you get to watch basketball from all over the country, some of the greatest players out there. You're going to be better. You, you know, we had the three-point shot. They took the, the high school. We couldn't dunk. In high school, we had 6'11", 6'6", 6'5". We couldn't even dunk in high school. And, and we won the state championship, and everybody said, well, what we did was we just – you got one shot on us, and that was it. You know, you got one, you missed, it's over. So those are things I remember, just how, how tough it was. I remember Oscar Robinson saying that uh, what, what separates him because he didn't have any, any fancy footwork. He just said, you give me 12 feet, I want eight. You give me eight, I want six. You give me six, I want a layup. That's what's his thinking. He, didn't, he wasn't trying to shoot three-pointers. He was trying to get the advantage and, and get some buckets. And he did that, the best of them. And Pistol Pete was just off the – he could play in any era. Some of these guys can play in any era. Pistol Pete could play in any era. He could play today. I think Rick Mount, because of how good a shooter he was, he could play today. So you look at some of those players. Kareem could play anywhere, anytime, anywhere. You couldn't stop him. I don't care what style of play you play. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar would score 45 today. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you could not stop Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So <laughs> the only uh, thing that stopped him, they had to they, they had to ban dunking when he played you know, in college. You know, absolutely, but a lot of these kids don't even know who these guys are. I, I'm always amazed by guys who play college basketball, or aspire to play college basketball, don't know their history. Yeah. And it, it blows me. Well, how are you going to be great if you don't know your history? You got to know your history. Yep. And I, and I think just for me growing up in the nineties, um, you know, I was born in 85 and, and that was like the, the golden era of basketball. And they did such a great job of honoring, you know, those before them, you know, the, the 50th anniversary. And they do so many things that taught me about those players where it was still not so far in the distant past. So I could understand the relevance and, and the importance of those players. So yeah. you, you know what, honestly, Walter, I could talk to you about some of these stories <laughs> for five hours when you start getting into old school basketball, and we've gone completely off the rails here. But like, it is fascinating from your perspective, having played with these guys. I literally am going to call you one day, and we're going to. I'm not letting you off the phone because it is that like I'm like I I'm I love all sports, football, baseball, basketball. I roll over, but why I became such a passionate fan of sports was Michael Jordan. I was raised by Michael Jordan, and so basketball is always going to be my first love. And so to hear some of those stories honestly puts chills down my spine. So I appreciate you giving us some insight there, but I've. I've, I've left Ben hanging down here and he's waiting patiently to get a question. And so uh, fire away, Ben. So, so Walter, your, your accolades on the court have been tremendous and you've been uh, honored for those uh, becoming a Purdue uh, hall of famer. Uh, I want to, I would be remiss if I did not bring up the fact that your charity work and your positive mental attitude off the f- floor is being uh is bringing an extra boost to to the youth of america can you talk about your charity work that you've done off the floor and tell me about how to make a winning day something that you're famous for wow well thanks for bringing that up and i appreciate that um i get emotional about it because i was blessed i was blessed to have three older siblings and i'm the seventh child of ten and Three other siblings, my three older brothers were my heroes. They set standards very, very high. There's some things in, in the Jordan family that just simply wasn't allowed. I can't was not allowed. Making excuses, not allowed. Free lunches, not allowed. There's things you got, as I spoke on, on at the Hall of Fame uh, speech was, you know, I, I, I was <laughs> seven boys in one bedroom, three girls in another bedroom, my parents and the other. We had one bathtub. Think about that. So hell, we need to learn how to play team at an early age. Think about that. So the standards were set. So we had the a lot of people, a lot of kids didn't have that. They didn't have this the heroes in there under their roof. I saw that. When I was in middle school, I was at Fairfield Middle School, right across the street was Allen County Society for Crippled Children and Adults. My citizenship teach, teacher, Miss Betty Stein, she sent our class over there one day to, to be with the, 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 the handicapped children. I fell in love with the young lady. She was about 12 years old at the time. And so every Wednesday, Miss Stein would let me go see her across the street. She would give me 15 minutes to go see her. Uh, so we became very, very close. When I didn't show up, she would cry. 
So I said to myself, Lord, if I'm ever able to do anything, I'm going to do something for the, these kids. And so when I uh, got to college and I had a pretty good career, I came back home to Fort Wayne and I started a, fundra a, a fundraiser basketball game, which turned into an NBA sanctioned All-Star game, which was 100% fundraiser for Allen County Society of Crippled, Crippled Children and Adults and for Big Brothers, Big Sisters. She touched my heart even to this day. I thought about her this weekend. Because when I when I went away and came back home, we raised thousands of dollars for this for these charities. Because like I said, it was 100 uh, percent fundraisers. But the bottom line was, she touched my heart and she inspired me to get involved in the community. And and and, and I wanted to make her proud. I, I finally found out that she had passed away about two years ago, but I I, I think about her all the time. So she's inspired me to, to get back involved with these kids. And so. For the last 30 some years I've been involved. I run a youth program here called Impacting Our Youth in, in, in Atlanta, Georgia. And Fort Wayne, I did the same basic thing. We've been blessed to help over 120 kids uh, find their college homes uh, through academics or athletic scholarships. So uh, it, it's a it's a, it's a uh, ministry for me. It's a I think I get more out of that than they do. Because to, to being around kids, man, I'm telling you from um, we don't do isms in my organization. We, I don't play any isms in my life. And, and people get caught up on the color. I, I look at the faces, not races. So I'm always looking for your soul, looking for somebody that really want to make a difference and inspire people. And uh, in this world today, I get so frustrated sometimes with adults and how we think and how we treat each other. And when I go around these kids two or three times a week, I get nothing but love. I get love from their parents, I get love. That's why I still do it because every year they won't let me quit. And someone asked me, Coach Jordan, when you gonna when you gonna quit? I said, when the good Lord <laughs> stop giving me a new bucket list. So, so uh, I, I just think it's it's a wonderful thing that you, who has had tremendous success here as an athlete, you're still giving back, and you're it's more than just shooting a bucket. Hitting a you know a free throw, it's more than you know winning a Big Ten championship or winning a national championship. You are continuing to give back to society, and that's why we as Boilermakers are very proud of you uh, to be an alumni of our organization because you are are the one hundred percent positive influence. We see it on Twitter, and you know I, it has fed into my personal life. And uh, I really appreciate what you do for our university. Well, th thank you for saying that. You know, I always say it's the difference between winning and being a winner. It's a huge difference. And people get it twisted. I, I don't, winning a, a basketball game or a tournament or, or getting a trophy or an award don't make you a winner. A winner is somebody that cares about other people. You have, you have to find a winning day. It's okay. Who who'd you affect today? Did, did, did you answer the phone when the phone rang and somebody needed you? You know that that that's winning. That's becoming a winner. I want to be a win. I want to win. I also want to become a winner. And every day I'm striving to do that. I'm striving to get better. Every day I try try to get better. I start my devotion up every morning. Lord, please guide me. Please help me get better. I need to get better. I need to be better. Because I, when the time comes and my time comes, the Lord calls me home. I'd rather be climbing uphill than sliding downhill. Because at the end of the day, I want to say, "Well done." Well done. Yeah, um, that's pretty inspiring stuff, man. And I, I pride myself on always trying to keep a positive mindset every day. Um, I, one of the sayings I always like to say is brick by brick. I mean, I'm a bricklayer, and Absolutely. I think there's um, 
you know, there's like, it's taught me a lot, you know, about life and, and just moving on to the next brick and not all bricks are going to be perfect, but when, when the wall is done, you don't notice the imperfect brick, you notice the wall (laughs) and it teaches you a lot about life and patience and, and everything else. So, um, we appreciate you sharing that story with us. Um, you know, when you talk about, you know, what, what you've been through in this program and you see some of these players that have come through now and you, and you fast forward to today, what is it like for you to see these guys representing Purdue in such a, in a meaningful way? Like it just seems like Purdue's program is, is cut from the cloth you're talking about. They look for these types of guys. You know, what is that like for you? Is there a sense of pride that these guys represent Purdue in the right way? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it starts with the coaching staff. It starts with the leadership from Matt Penn to Brandon Brantley to Coach Elliott to Coach Johnson all the way down. It starts with them. It's the standards they set. One of the things I love about Matt Painter is that he's transparent with his players. I know because I speak to him. He tells them the honest to God truth about where they need to do and what they and what they need to give playing time. They all know what they, what's expected of them when they test the test the floor, or, or more importantly, when they're off the floor. They know what's expected of them. You got guys at, at Purdue University. The hat that's playing basketball, giving it 120 percent. If they're playing for that name on the front of their jersey, and they're representing the name on the back of their jersey, they know who they are. They're fine young men. You know, they play for each other. They're fun to watch. They're not afraid to get dirty. When I see seven foot four Edie diving on the floor for a loose ball, come on, guys, you don't get excited about that. Something wrong with you. You probably go find another team to root for. Right. Because this, this is this is this is what it's all about, and and I, I always tell people this. You know, everybody worry about ranking, ranking. What a player to rate? Is he five star? Is he four star? I don't never get caught in that. I have never got caught. I don't know if I was a star, one star. But the bottom line is, you, the play, a player's heart. You look at a, a Braden Smith, you know, even Ethan Morton or you know uh, Mason Gillis, and their heart and, and and who they are. You know, produce a place where. I always tell people where a two or three star player will become a five star player. Well, you got other colleges where five star high school players will become two or three college players, two or three star college players. That's just the way it is because they're going to work, they're going to bust their butt, they're going to be in a, in a great system to succeed. Uh, the character, the standards, the environment, the young men we have at Purdue are worth rooting for. So, and they're worth defending. And that's why I do it, because I know some of their characters. You're going to tell me you can't root for Mason Gillis? You need to go somewhere else and find another team. And that's just how I feel about these young men. Regardless, we all make mistakes, and nobody's perfect, and we all understand that. But that's not for us to judge them. Our judge is to be there and support them when they do, because that's that's going to make them stronger and better, too, because they did make a mistake. No one's going to play perfect every game. No one can do it. We're all human beings. Nope. And I know I made a million mistakes. My mom's in the chat right now. And she'd be the first one to tell you. It took, it took, when they say it took a, it takes a village. I epitomize that statement. Walter. Well, I'm glad it my took, mom is not in. I'm glad my mom is not, not on I, right now. I'm from Crown Point, Indiana. We call it the region around here. It took the entire region to get me through life. And somehow I made it. Uh, luckily. Uh, uh, so, you know, you talk about Matt Painter. Uh, you know, this is a great picture of you and Matt. You know, 
and watching his career, you know, he's he's coming up on 20 years as the head coach here at Purdue men's basketball. You know, talk about his evolution as a coach, you know, and and it seems like now he's really starting to get into his groove, uh, you know, as far as, you know, just his prowess. Like, he just looks so comfortable out there, and he's an amazing play caller and, and a great leader of men, like you said. You know, what's your perspective on everything Coach Painter has done in, in his evolution as a, as a coach? Well, I think you, you, you're 100% right, but you've got to get the right type of players. I think these this team is more of a Matt Painter player-friendly team than, than even last year. I thought last year was more talented, but but this is a better team. You had, you had individuals that I don't think – I don't want to say it, but I don't think they really bought into the fact that they could really do something as a team. When, I mean, you got one or two guys that uh, are, 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 are basically waiting to get to the NBA – and and not nothing against that, nothing at all, because I enjoy I enjoy after watching these guys play. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and some of my favorite memories are watching these guys play. But Matt Painter, the way he coaches, he needs guys that, that fit into their roles. I, I tell people all the time, your five your five best starters, not necessarily your five best players. And and, and sometimes you 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 play the, you ride the guys that's playing well. You notice when people are playing well. And they're doing what they're supposed to. Do. They stay on the floor. So it's important that you that you, when you get your opportunity, you take advantage of. It. I remember David Jenkins playing for for a lot of minutes because he's playing well. Sit down, Smith. I remember Mason Gillis coming to the game, going for twenty nine, thirty, whatever he went for. You know, th- those are that's great. That's great for the players to see because if you're performing and producing, you're on the floor. And then the other guys are accepting it. The other guys on your teammates are accepting the fact, and they're rooting for you. Now I don't know if we would have had that last year if if one of the star players were not uh, playing well and he took him out and set him down for for 10, 15 minutes. I'm not sure if they would have accepted that as well. That's just my personal view. As this year, I see guys sitting on the bench for first and struggling, sitting there up there cheering for for uh, Mason like he's in the game. I mean that's special. I watch all that stuff on the on their posture on the bench. That gets me excited because this is what it's all about. That's why we have a chance, I think, to do something special because of that. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right in that assessment. And, and as you mentioned, it's not a knock on, on Jaden or, or Travion or and any of these guys that, you know, had bigger aspirations. I mean, when you're talking about Jaden being a, a – you know, looking at being a top five pick in the NBA, that's a lot of pressure. And as we mentioned, they're kids and, oh, they do homework, you know, on a lot. I think there's a stigma with college student athletes that they don't have to do their homework. Trust me, they do. And you're sitting here, you're Jaden Ivey and and you're, you've got all this pressure to be a great player and you've got to stay healthy because you, you've got top five, you know, lottery pick down the scopes and, and then, oh, you're trying to do homework while lead a team to their first Final Four since 1980. It's a lot for a young kid. Oh, oh absolutely. Let alone the the the, the phone calls you're getting from agents. These yep. agents are blowing up these kids' phone. They're fool, yep. fooling them. But Jaden was a pro. He 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 was an NBA player halfway through the season. We knew he was going to be a great NBA player. You got to be a college player sometimes before. He was already an NBA player. He was not a college player. He was great in college. But you knew he was destined for the NBA. The way the NBA plays today, he's going to be a lottery pick, and he's going to have a great, great career. If he stays healthy, 
I expect him to be an NBA All Star one day. That's how good talented he is. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. And if, and if they had played in back in the day, like we mentioned, where you you played four years, even if you Absolutely. were a hall, future NBA Hall of Famer, and nowadays you know the, the pressure of leaving early and things like that, and you have to do it once you get your opportunity. You Got to do it. No fan is ever going to begrudge a player for that, as much as we want them to stay. Like Zach Eady, we hope he stays. But you're right. At the end of the day, this team. You got Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer that are freshmen. They're not thinking about any of that. All they're thinking about is getting better and learning. And they're like a sponge. Zach Eady, same thing. Matt Painter talks about it all the time. He just picked up a basketball five years ago. So anything Matt Painter teaches him, he's 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 growing with it because Matt's the first coach to really sink his well, teeth when, into him. When I hear Matt Painter before the season, we text each other all the time. And Brandon Brantley and I, we, we text each other all the time before the season. I text and said, I, I really, really like this team. And I heard Coach Pat text me and said, I do too, in caps. And then Brandon Brantley says that Edie is just a flat joy to work with. He's unbelievable. I I really, I felt, okay, we're, we're in good shape. This is coming from the two guys who would know. So before the season started, I was excited about what, what happened and what was taking place, even before they start winning all the games they won at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I mean, Zach Eady has been absolutely dominant this season. Looking at an opportunity to win National Player of the Year, certainly uh, probably the front runner at this point. Um, you know, Joe, go ahead and fire away. Um, you know, I don't want to – I literally could be here all night with you, Walter. <laughs> I'm not even playing. So, you know, I, I got to just kick it around the horn so we can get a few more in and then and cut you loose and let you get to bed because – or get ready for this Northwestern game that I oh, know absolutely. all Purdue fans are going to have their eyes on. But <laughs> I literally could go all night. Like, you, we've had a lot of great guests on. We've had Matt Painter. We just had Zach Eady and some of the current players and, and some of the former guys, you know, Robbie Hummel and Chris Kramer, and they've all been great. They've been great guests. Walter, I, I texted Craig, our, uh, Craig Bowers, our other co-host, who's working tonight, so he couldn't make it, unfortunately. But you are literally uh, – you're, you're, you're at the top of my list now. Wow. So, like, wow. I, and, and I'm going to ask about Walter Payton and sweetness, but I, I want to oh, finish I want to finish there, you know, and get to the Purdue stuff first. So go All ahead, right. Joe. Yeah, no, you've been naming a lot of players um, on the team, like Gillis, Edie, diving for loose balls, things like that. Um, is there anybody over the past decade, you know, decade, two decades, whatever, where you're just like, man, I really wish I could have got to play with that player uh, from Purdue. There, there's anybody that's just like, it, it would have been fun to play with them. That's a great question. There's so many. I mean, um, one one of the things, Kyle Macy, when he played one year with Kyle Macy before he transferred to Kentucky, I love playing with Kyle Macy. He, he, that's I love playing with Jerry Seaston, of course, Eugene Parker, Wayne Walls, all those guys, Bruce Parks. I love playing with those guys, Joe Barry. Um, so I was blessed to play with some really good players. You know, uh, this the, the, the ones that stand out to me are uh, just personalities, like a Travion Williams with the energy and the, the getting up, because that's how I play, so fired up, have another guy on the bench where you just act crazy and go uh -huh. get fired up. Travion Williams and people like that, people that had that, that kind of add uh, Carson Edwards with his grit and toughness and, you know, his, his will to just try to win the game, you know, uh, just fight, play up in the show up in the big games. You know, th those kind of guys, uh, uh, Etoine Moore, who I have a lot of respect for, uh, Dewan Johnson, you know, 
it's it just so many. You look at Purdue's history, man, it's frightening. I mean, you think about the great players we've been blessed to have wearing gold and black. And of course, uh, the top of the list would be Big Dog, you know, to play uh, the Big Dog at the four and have me at the three. I would like to see what that would look like. But, uh, Dangerous but, right there. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would have a lot more assists. But. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that, that that I think about that sometimes because I, I I just I thought Big Dog was the, the best college basketball player I've ever seen. Uh, I remember scoring forty nine points in his final game I think against Illinois at home, something like that, some ridiculous. I was at the game when he he beat the the, the Fab Five, him and Quanzo Martin at Mackey, and I remember uh, hearing the story about Chris Weber and Rose trying to get him to come to Michigan. And they told him he'll never win a Big Ten title as long as he as long as he's there because he didn't come to Michigan. And guess what? They never won a Big Ten title. Mm. Big dog guy. <laughs> right. <here. laughs> <There> you go. <laughs> go ahead, Ben. Uh, the the last thing that I want to ask you, Walter, is is simple. I, I've been looking through the comments on this section and kind of reading through. There are people here in our comment section, and I'm sure there's people here who are watching who want to contribute to your charitable efforts. How do we do that? Wow. Uh, we will be honored. Uh, we just started. I uh, got back home on. We took my wife and I took um, Monday off. We spent in Indianapolis before we flew back here to Atlanta. And we had already had our first uh, team impact practice where we've got 120 kids. Uh, so last night I had to suck it up and go to practice to see the kids and the parents. So we're, we're always looking. We try to help uh, 50 families from economic disadvantaged families every year. Uh, my wife and I try to raise money with our friends, and we, of course, we contribute as well. But anything, anything that I do uh, is real simple. I'm a very simple person. They can go to WalterJordan.com. Everything is on there. My book, uh, my events, uh, uh, my 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 charity work. Uh, got some camps coming up. Uh, got a, a huge event, uh, hoops and leadership conference, hoops and leadership camp. Uh, Parkview Hospital and Wayne TV and those guys sponsored be our second year in Fort Wayne coming up in May. So there's plenty of opportunities to support some kids and support our program. So WalterJordan.com will get you any anything you need, anything you need. So I also like to thank, thank everybody who's personally bought my book. Uh, I get emotional about it because Lord knows it's transparent. You guys will see that I, I'm a, a very imperfect person. I admit all that in my book, things I've done, challenges I've had. From being a uh, having quadruple bypass at the age of fifty, and Lord blessing me to still be here, to uh, making mistakes with young ladies and stuff like that that I've owned up to, that God has forgiven me for, that I'm trying to be better for. And I tell kids don't want to know how great you are; they want to know you made mistakes too, but you bounced back. And that's a story I wanted my kids and my grandkids to know: your your uncle, your granddad, you weren't perfect, but you can change. You can you can be better. You can you can fix it. God forgives you. Who who gives a damn if anybody else does, right? So yeah. those those are the stories that 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 and, and I've been blessed to blew my mind. Got the numbers the other day. I've sold four thousand. Guys, for four thousand books. If someone told me I sold four books, I would I wouldn't believe. It. <laughs> but I, I, I'm just so grateful for God's favor in each and every week. Boilermaker Nation is incredible. I mean, you guys rock. You guys have never let me down. One of the best quotes I've ever heard, Charlie Scott, you probably remember that name. You guys remember that name, Charlie Scott? North Carolina, Boston Celtics, right? Okay. Charlie Scott 
they asked him, you know, what what do you think about Michael Jordan? He said, I've watched Michael Jordan 1,500 times since he was this tall. 1,500 times I watched Michael Jordan, and he has never, ever let me down. That's how I feel about my family. That's how I feel about Boilermaker Nation. Yeah, never let me down. I can attest to that with MJ. Uh, I mean, and he was somebody I looked up to greatly as a kid, and I needed that. You know, uh, my mom's in the chat, and I was a single parent household. My mom raised me, you know, on her own, and and uh, for me to have that, you know, to have the Bulls to look up to in a lot of ways had a big impact on my life. Uh, basketball can teach you a lot about life, you know, sports in general, but uh, basketball in this instance. And we'll do everything we can on our end to promote your book and your website here over the next few days. And, and um, in the months and years going forward, we're going to make sure we do a great job of that. Uh, when we link this show tomorrow, we'll have those links up. Uh, Shara says she's on her way over to the website right now Thanks, to, to Thanks, check it Sarah. out after this because there were certainly people in the chat asking about that. Um, you know, we did have a few questions in the chat, so I wanted to quickly go through those just out of respect to the people that are watching. Jeff Parks asked, do you think Brandon Brantley will be a head coach someday? You know, it's just amazing. I um, Before I left to come home, Brandon met me at the at the union building. He came over from his busy schedule that morning, and we we sit down and chat chatted for an hour. That's the kind of class guy he is. He said, "Well, I, I had to come over and see you and congratulate you personally before you left." And we talked about how much uh, we meant to each other. And I asked him that question, and um, he said, "He said that was never his dream. His his dream was never to." be a head basketball coach or never the coach. He said, basically, he said, but he pain, he reached out to Painter and Painter brought him aboard. And he said, he's home. He said, he's home. As long as Matt Painter's at Purdue, he's at Purdue. He's, he's a baller maker. He said, I have no reason to go anywhere else. He said, this is the best job in America. So that was encouraging to me. And I asked him, I said, I, said, I, said, I know people reached out to you. He said, yeah, but he said, I'm not looking. I'm not looking to go anywhere. So I'm praying that him and Matt stay here for a while because I think we're building something special. I yep. think we're a consistent yeah. program, and every year we're going to be right there in the mix because of the, the coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, we got our hands full with Micah Shrewsbury now over at uh, Penn State. You know, if Brandon <laughs> takes over another Big Ten school, then then Matt's really going to be up against it. I asked Matt a question after that Penn State game, like, what is the chess match like? going up against the two and Matt joked. He's like, well, neither of us play, you know, but <laughs> then, he, then he gave a really nice detailed answer about how they used to come up with, you know, uh, plays from when coach Shrewsbury was in the NBA and the things that they couldn't stop. And he used, picked his brain from that with the Celtics days to implement what they put into their offense. Yeah, and then absolutely. it was funny, Ethan Morton, when he was on, he was like, you know, I wasn't sure when, when, when uh, Coach Shrewsbury left, like, you know, if Matt Painter could call plays because Coach Shrewsbury called all the plays when he right, was here. Right, exactly. And then he was like, I didn't realize the how deep Matt Painter's bag was. And Ethan <laughs> got a lesson real quick that 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 Mike is the student and, and, and Matt's the teacher. Uh, but think about what you just said. How many head coaches at the Matt Painter statue would admit to that? And Eagle wouldn't be so big enough that he'll say, this guy's important to me. I've learned so much from my assistant coaches. There's so many coaches we know, I'm not naming anybody, that would never admit to that 
even if they're learning from someone else or don't even or think they know 110%. That's when you get in trouble and you think you know it all. And to have Matt Painter be so humble. Matt is so humble and personable. And I've watched him before he became, you know, Matt Painter. I, I just love the guy who he is, the person that he is outside of basketball because he has integrity. He has strong character. He's a leader. He's a winner. And I tell people all the time, if you don't have Matt Painter, don't want Matt Painter, who in the hell would you want? Right. Look, look around and see the mess these colleges are going to right now. But the standards we have, stuff we don't have to worry about. We can just come and be pure cheerleaders and root for our guys because we know Matt's bringing in the right quality people and character to our program. Amen. Yeah, 100%. Um, Midwest uh, says, uh, how was it playing with Joe Barry? I played with Joe Barry his freshman and sophomore year. Uh, Rocky Mountain, <laughs> high. When we, Joe Barry came in as a freshman. We were related. Um, uh, very, very talented. Joe Barry could have been a 10-year NBA All-Star player. His rookie year in the NBA was really, really good. Joe Barry had the, the, the softest hands and the nicest touch that you ever want for a big man. Uh, when I left and, and Coach Rose came in, they challenged him. They challenged him. He picked up his intensity, his toughness. There was games where he would play against Michael Thompson and Kent Benson and, uh, as a freshman, sophomore, and he would he would just hold his own. So we knew he's going to be a great player. And I'm just so happy to see his growth because when you're big, that's why I get excited about E. Big guys develop slower and later than, than, than everybody else. People don't realize that Edie's going to be a beast. He's not even nearly as good as he's going to be. He's, just, he, he's going to be frightening. I just hope he's around one more year so he can see it. But <laughs> but 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 they developed later. So I saw Joe Barry coming, come, come, come. Uh, I watched him get to the, to the Final Four, and, and uh, yeah, he was a great player. I love him, great teammate. Um, we stay in touch. I talked to him a couple weeks ago. So he's doing big things. He's doing great things. So I'm happy for him. And uh, I just, I just, I love Joe, Joe Barry Carroll. So when people start talking about great big, big men in Purdue, please don't forget about Joe Barry. Please don't forget about him. Yeah, definitely not. Um, Kevin passed asked, you know, we were talking earlier about the no three point line. Did people still shoot from that distance, even though the, the three point line wasn't there? Well, we had some guys that can make that shot for sure. Um, I, I think Wayne Walsh can make that shot, a small forward. And I think, you know, Eugene Parker was a layup for him. Um, Jerry Seastein can shoot that ball. Uh, Bruce Parkinson. Uh, we had guys on the bench that can shoot that shot. It was just never emphasized. You know, was would would, would yeah. you be told not to take that shot within an offensive set? At that time, uh, probably with Coach Shaw's probably. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um you know we it, it, it just it depends I, I just think that if we made it made it there's nothing he can do if we shot it and make it what can we say right <laughs> that's who i was as a kid playing in, in pups basketball or porter leagues little league basketball i was too afraid to go inside so i wanted to be a three i wanted to be like steve kerr i knew i wasn't going to be like mike even though the song sounded nice but i could be like steve kerr if i if i set my goals right so i'd always be shooting 
from, and, and I didn't want a hand in my face. So I'd step way back behind the three-point line to fire one. And I can remember days where I'd put one up and the coaches would be like, no. And then it'd go in and they'd be like, okay, <laughs> good shot. And then the other times when I missed, that's when I'd be finding the pine. But uh, that's funny. Uh, isn't it funny though, you know, going back, but it's like spacing now has become so analytically in Absolutely. the NBA specifically, you know, it, it is kind of, um, it's kind of uh, fascinating how it took that long for analytics to figure out that spacing is what was going to like change the game. And it was just so boxed in. I actually prefer the old way of basketball, but I can appreciate what basketball is nowadays. And I know that's hard for some, uh, but you know, spacing is certainly a big part of it. Uh, you know, Jeff Parks did ask a great question when you're talking about your your charitable efforts and, and trying to give back to people. Have you ever had a chance to speak with Rafael Davis? We've we've had him on the show here the last couple of years. He he's great about giving back. Uh, you know, he spoke on this show about gyms costing so much that kids don't get the opportunity to play. Have you ever had a chance to talk with him or or even work with him? Oh, absolutely. Uh Rafael Davis is a of course from Fort Wayne, Indiana, two six zero. Uh, but my brother also was my oldest brother taught him how to drive. He was a driver's ed teacher. So <laughs> it's it's a lot a lot of pride there. And I know Rayfield's I know I know Rayfield's dad pretty well. So uh, I followed him and his career. We 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 chat. In fact, uh, we're talking about having him come speak at my camp in in May, in June. So uh, yes, I, I, I speak to him often. I love what he's doing with the crew and uh, other stuff that he's doing in the community. I support him, I follow I follow up with him and uh, we can do do some other stuff in, in the future. You know, we're both trying to do the same thing as far as touch some lives and save some souls and, and help these kids. So uh, kinder spirits and just nothing but love and respect for him and doing a great job, by the way, with Big Ten Network. And yep. uh, I'm, just, I'm just so proud of him. I mean, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm proud of all our, our 260 uh, players. And it's a lot of us that came from uh, the Fort Wayne area guys, Purdue program. And that's another uh, prideful thing for me. I take pride in the fact that Chuck started with Chuck, Chuck Davis and then Eugene and myself, and now the Roseville Barnes of the world and then other players that's come through there, Kayla Swanigan, and I can go on and on Ricky Hall and <laughs> Greg uh, Little John, and I can, I can just go on and on. We've had some Greg Eifert. <laughs> I mean, just this guy's just from Fort Wayne. So I, I always tell the Indiana fans from Fort Wayne, why didn't they root for those guys? <laughs> you know, most of the players from Fort Wayne went to Purdue, and we need to be rooting for Purdue. So, it's, it's well, and that for me being from the region, that was one of the things that stood out right away when I started really investing my emotion and time into this program is how much the region is respected here at oh, absolutely. Purdue, absolutely. and 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 we are like the forgotten stepchild of the of the state in a lot of ways because people kind of assume we're more Chicagoans than even. You know, Hoosier, you know, Indiana, you know, I don't want to say Hoosiers in rivalry week, but, you know, people <laughs> from Indiana, I should say. Uh, so, you know, I maybe one day we'll we'll stack up the best region team. Let me tell you, the best, let me tell, let me tell you a quick story. You talk about the region. One of my favorite stories is watching the Indiana High School State Tournament when Allen Henderson was playing against the Big Dog. You guys remember that? The state yep. championship? Mm -hmm. Before the, that state championship game, it was a lock that Allen Henderson was going to win the Mr. Basketball, because he was going to Indiana University. So what happens was, you know, Big Dog goes on the big stage and he just dominates the game. They, were, they had no choice but to give him that Mr. Basketball award after that night. 
no choice. Yeah. And so if it wasn't for him playing that well, he would not have been Mr. Basketball, and that would have been a shame. Yeah, it definitely would. And, and, you know, we've had women's basketball players here um, recently get short-sighted for, you know, Absolutely. The best player. It's like we, we we try so hard in the region, like you know, give us some love here, but you know, we get Absolutely. it. The guys downstate, you know, are gonna get a little more attention than we do. So you gotta play above it. Uh, you know, um, you know, we got a few people in chat. Jesse says, Hey Walter, lifelong boiler fan and North North Northrop grad and disciple mm-hmm. of the Ron Barnes sex head health class. I don't exactly know <laughs> what that means, Jesse, but okay. <laughs> and that one went somewhere. I don't even know what that means. So let's move on to the next one. But Cindy Barger says, loved watching Walter in Fort Wayne with my dad, then at Purdue with my dad. Thanks for being on tonight and encouraging positivity. think our daughter got to see you at her high school this year, too. Thank you for giving back. Thank uh, you, guys. Appreciate that so yeah, much. Yeah, of course. And then one more story here. Lisa says, when I was a little kid, Dad would say, get in the living room. It's time to watch Walter Jordan. Oh, wow. I'm 59 <laughs> years old. I've been a fan ever since then. Walter will always be my first Boilermaker. Wayne Walls, Eugene Parker, great players. Lisa B. Wow. Thanks, Lisa. Appreciate that so much. Thank you. Um. So, yeah, of course, you know, you wore number 34. You know, I I cover the Chicago Bears for CHGO. I'm a diehard Bears fan. Uh, but you wore the number 34. And, and doing my research about you, you know, and, and kind of scanning through your socials and stuff, I, I come to find out that you, you're one of your favorite all-time players is Walter Payton. And you're what I'm assuming is a Bears fan too. So maybe tell, tell that story. I'd love to hear this story of your connection and 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 love and admiration admiration for Walter and the Bears. Well, Sweetness had 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 everything. You name it, he had smooth, talent, tough character. Uh, his first name wasn't too bad either. And, <laughs> <laughs> then then he had number thirty four. Then he played for my Bears. You know, growing up in Indiana, we had WGN. We had three stations. WGN was one. And so I would get all the Bears, and Cubs, and Bulls games. We didn't have the Pacers. We didn't have the Colts. That's all we had. So you talk about from Dick Buckus to Bobby Douglas, you name some names, you know, back in the day. And then when Sweetness came around along and they went to the Super Bowl and uh, McMahon and that Super Bowl shuffle, I mean, I was a huge football fan. I, I love football more, more than I love basketball coming up but i happened to grow 12 inches in two two summers so i guess i had to change plans but uh yeah i, I i'm a bears fan man my wife uh, awesome. she's a cheesehead she's from green she's from milwaukee so you can imagine how so she <laughs> loves the Packers. but uh it, it's it's fun and i'm a bear fan i don't care i'm a loyal bear fan so That's you great. got you got two Two great signs in your back background. I'm telling you, you 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 might have created a monster here, Walter, because <laughs> we might become best friends here by the end of this. Because, like I said, I, I'm a diehard Bears fan. I cover the Bears, so I, I do pre and post game shows now. Uh, I just got this job over the last year. This bricklayer somehow. Well, uh, well congratulations, uh, bud. Thank you. Congratulations. And it, it, it yeah, somehow I manipulated the Chicago sports media to let me in their circle, and now I do pre and post game shows with some of the bigger media guys and and a former player and Corey Wooten. Uh so it, it is very thrilling. And have you ever met Doug Plank? 
I've never met that. Dave I'm I'm actually pretty good friends with him just through oh, really? my yeah i've had him on my shows a few times and we've created a friendship from that you remind me a lot of doug plank he could wow. literally still play safety today where it feels like you could oh. walk out on that court and drop uh 20 if if you wanted he has still has that same energy doug i'm plank, not, I'm not <laughs> you're I'm like not, no i can't doug. i'm not doug. i can sell <laughs> a hell i can sell a hell of a screen though i can sell a hell of a screen i, 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 can, get, I can get you open i promise i get you open. <laughs> well i don't know Braden might be able to find you pretty open for a, for a knockdown shot but uh doug is is incredible and same kind of like energy and positivity and inspirational when you talk to him and uh, maybe one day I'll get you guys connected because I think That'd you be would cool. love to talk to Doug Plank. And, and when I call him, like it's uh, it's I have to get ask him if I can get off the phone after like two and a half <laughs> hours. Like he is he's just that type of guy. Love. And he loves to talk. So maybe one day I'll get you guys linked up. Maybe that'll be my goal. So, um, you know, to close, you've been on for an hour, Walter, and I did not anticipate this, but we've really gone through a lot of different things that I'm very grateful that you were willing to give this much time and and I owe you one as I owe so many people on this show for, (laughs) for giving their time. But, you know, we, we, we didn't really talk too much about this team and their aspirations for March. So maybe just to close out, like, what are your expectations? Nobody thought this team was going to be number one in the country, even for a week, let alone for two months. And, and being one of the best teams and a potential number one seed and a chance to win their 25th, Big Ten regular season championship. Now we've gotten to this point with this team, and and you talked about how excited you were going into the season. What are your expectations for these guys come March and and all the pressure and 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 that that light at the end of the tunnel and and the dragon to slay to get to a Final Four and and maybe one day even and win a national championship. What is your expectations for this team and what they can do? Being honest with you, they far exceeded my expectations. Um, because what I what I look for is the team that played like the way they're playing. There's so much fun to watch. They play for each other. Very seldom are they outworked. They're going to be in most every game because of their attitude, their willingness to be coachable, fight for each other, play the game the right way. They are giving us a chance to get to the Final Four. They have an opportunity to get to the Final Four. People say, well, what do you expect? What do you expect? What do you expect? I've learned that the only thing the only thing that matters is what they expect. It doesn't matter what any one of us expect. If they expect to get to the Final Four and they're willing to do what it takes to get to the Final Four, that's the most important thing. A lot of guys have, have played on teams where there's never a conversation about getting to the Final Four. There's never an expectation about winning the Big Ten. They don't have those team conversations. If they're having those conversations and that's their goal, team goal, and they're, keeping, they're blocking out all the noise and they have those expectations, we got a chance. We don't know what that is. We're not in the locker room. We're not with them because you, they've got to make the sacrifices to do it. They've got to uh, block out all the noise. They got to make sure that they got tunnel vision. They got to make sure they're doing everything. Like Michael Jordan would do this tunnel vision. If these guys got tunnel vision, uh, they have the expectation. Michael Jordan expect to win championship every year. When what we expected, what everybody, Michael Jordan, the Bulls expected to win championship every year. What do they expect? We don't know what that is. So I, I, I always wonder what their expect, expect expectations are. I got a text from uh, uh, Mason today. And uh, he said, I said, I'm sorry I missed you. I didn't get a chance to say hello before I left. He texts me and he says, don't worry about it. We'll take care of when we're cutting down the nets. 
There we go. I got excited about that because now it's letting you know they're having that conversation. He's thinking it's mine. We got a chance to cut down the nets. So you're down right. I'm hoping and praying and wishing we get it done. There's no question about it. But if they expect that somebody's in trouble. Well, you know what? I mean, they've, they've been knocking on the door here. And when you put yourself in that position so many times, it's a law of averages in a lot of ways, because at the end of the day, you need some luck. You need some different things to go your way. I mean, I think the Virginia game is, is the greatest example Absolutely. of that. It's, it wasn't like they were, they, they weren't worthy of winning that game. It's just the ball didn't bounce their way. And that's, that's life in sports, but this team, I think they learned some lessons, some tough lessons last year, falling short of a few goals that they had going into the season. Absolutely. And, and, and I think Zach Eady is the perfect leader for these guys. Um, and, and I think he is keeping these and Mason and Ethan Morton too. Uh, as you mentioned, those guys I think are, are crucial to this team keeping the right mindset. Cause when they lost three out of four, I was losing my mind here on the post game <laughs> show, but I think they were a little calmer than me. So I'm excited. I think we're all excited here, uh, to see what they got, but, uh, it's only a matter of time for Matt Painter and these boilers in Absolutely. my opinion. So, uh, Absolutely. one of the, one of these days we're going to be celebrating and I, I hope we'll, I hope we can bring you on when that day comes, even if it's for five minutes and not an hour, Walter, I promise <laughs> I won't do this to you too many oh, more times, okay. but it's going to You're, you're going to have a tough time shaking me. And my mom's been in the <laughs> chat asking like, when's the next time you're going to be at, uh, you know, at, um, Mackie arena. I know you were there on Sunday, so maybe we, you know, I won't be able to introduce you to her. This well, tell season. your mom, tell your mom, tell your mom, looking forward to meeting her and we'll see her in Houston. There we go. Ooh. There we go. That's <laughs> what I'm it. talking about. It. All right, Walter, thank you so much <laughs> all right, for all man. your time. I know everyone in the chat and people that'll watch later uh, will really appreciate this, this interview immensely. You really brought a lot and uh, a lot of inspiration and, and great stories. So, Thank you so much. Uh, I'll definitely be ringing you up one day to 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 uh, to pick your brain some more, and maybe we'll bring you on down the road again. Appreciate you guys. You guys keep being great. Let's go get it done. All right, that is Walter Jordan. Boiler up, my friend. Thanks, guys. All Thanks, right. Walter. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, Walter. So that is exciting stuff. Uh, that was. You know, I, I never know, you know, I always say, I was going to say before the show to you guys, like, we are keeping this under an hour, like just the show. I thought the interview <laughs> would only be like 30 minutes. And that's always the most unrealistic expectation of mine is to try to be short and sweet. But like, man, when you start to get into the, some of those stories, and I apologize to both of you because I, I wanted no, you good. guys to be able to get more questions in, but like. When he started getting into old school basketball, that is my mm-hmm. wheelhouse, and I refused to move off of that topic <laughs> until we, until we like. I wanted to touch on so many. There's there's like ten more things I want to talk to sure. him about, but you know, I figure one day we'll bring him back on if I don't burn that bridge well, completely. Well, but Walter Jordan was a tremendous subject. I mean, it is absolutely clear that he is compelling. He is the type of person that you want to listen to for hours on end. We've had the opportunity to listen to him for about an hour now. And you know, that was great. I really appreciate him coming on. That was a lot of fun. And it wasn't enough. Was it right? Like it, it was <laughs> an hour. And we could, right. we barely talked about like this team. We talked mm-hmm. a little bit about their, their toughness and things like that, but sure. You know, there was so much more we could have got into, 
But man, it's just like uh, that was that was incredible. And and I do have to shout out my guy Craig Bowers. He he texts me. He's like, I do suggest the good guess. He does. He does a great job, uh, and, and is a is a vital um, part of what we do here. And it it's unfortunate he wasn't able to join tonight. But Ben, you you've done an incredible job. And Joe, you're I, you're you're always bringing it here. And I appreciate both of you guys very much for being I can't fill Craig's shoes. They're way too big. For oh, me. come on now. You certainly can. And, <laughs> and, and we'll be, you know, asking you to come on more as this season goes Sounds on. Great. Like I think we're going to do, a, um, you know, a March madness bracket show like we did last year where the brackets are being revealed. We'll be on here reacting to them live. We'd certainly love to have you on, maybe bring you on for a post game or two. Sounds good. Um, but you know, Ben, we haven't had you on very much, and I actually have to do a interview with Assembly Call. I'm going into the Lions Den oh in boy. about 20, 20 oh minutes boy. from now. But Ben, you know, <laughs> yes. since we haven't had you on yet, you know, your perspective of this team this season, how much they've exceeded expectations, and what you anticipate here in the next few weeks and in, in, in the next month and a half or more, sure. hopefully. Sure, hopefully into April, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, my opinion here is pretty simple. Um, I was not expecting much, uh, but I was also not expecting nothing, if you catch that kind of oxymoron uh, logic that I'm putting together here. Um, there is a lot of talent on this team, and there is a really good coach at the helm. When you put those two things together, magic can happen. You get that right spark. You get that right blend of teammates who are playing off of each other and in a position that they can use their skill set to play their role and go forward. Jaden Ivey was a tremendous player. Travion Williams, Sasha Stefanovic, everybody from last year was tremendous. But something is a little bit different about this team. Something seems to be sticking and gluing. So going forward, who knows? Uh, I mean, I was at the uh, the Virginia game in Louisville I'm sitting I'm standing there next to my son and you know I was about a hundred percent sure we were going to the final four and when uh you know the miracle or or uh disaster whatever you want to call it happened I had to convince myself first and foremost uh don't cry in front of my son don't cry in front of my son don't cry in front of my son <laughs> uh, but secondly uh it, it just goes to show you that sometimes it's your time and it, you know, that was Virginia's time to to take control. And this is an opportunity. Who knows? Uh, I do know this. If you keep putting yourself in position to succeed like Matt Painter has over the last few years, eventually something's going to break through, whether it be a miracle, whether it be a uh, Mamadou Diakite um, last second uh, floater uh, to force overtime. Uh, who knows what can happen? Things that are strange happen in March. And why not Purdue? Who knows? Maybe this year, maybe next year. Who knows when it could happen, but he's put himself in position to succeed. What do you think, Joe? Since I haven't let you talk. And <laughs> hey, you're all good. I was, I was just enjoying listening. Um, no, I think he's spot on, right? Like, there's just something about this team. It, it, you can feel it kind of pretty early on um, from Portland, at least, at the, kind of is the latest point. Like, um, you know, there, there's just there's some cohesiveness about the team. You hear it from the guys like they just they enjoy hanging out with each other. They seem like really good friends off the court. Yep. Um, and obviously, we we don't know the extent last year and all that, but it just you know it just seems like this year's just it's just a good group. Um, and you know potential to bring back everybody. I'm still in the camp of Edie's Edie's gone after this year. Um, not a right now problem, but 
you know, I'm in, I've just really enjoyed this year so much. It's been a lot of fun watching this team. Well, I, you know, I'm a Cubs fan and I think some Purdue fans get annoyed when I bring up this comparison, but they do (laughs) remind me a lot of the Cubs and their fan base reminds me a lot of the Cubs fan base. Like before we, the Cubs finally slayed the dragon and won a world series. We were always very on edge, very pessimistic. Once we get to the playoffs, it got even worse. We were gloom and doom waiting for that fateful thing to happen to us and curses and, and things of that nature. And, you know, a rivalry with the Cardinals that we never seem to have the upper hand in. And then one day it started changing and, and all of a sudden Cubs fans were confident. And like my mom and I walked into game six of the NLCS against Clayton Kershaw and they, they, they slayed that dragon and and the curse was broken to get to the world series. A lot of people don't realize the curse was to make it to the world series, not just to win it. And I'd never seen the Cubs fan base so positive going into the game, walking into the stadium. We were not scared. And that's how I knew it was going to happen. And maybe it'll be that way with Purdue, or maybe it'll be miracle games that we lose 20 years of our lives off of. But I think Matt Painter at some point is going to get it done without question. Uh, so it's only a matter of time in my opinion, but it's not easy. It takes a lot of, um, it takes a lot of, you know, luck to, to win an NCAA tournament. Uh, I do want to shout out our guys over at Mad Mushroom uh, before we, we clock out here. Uh, you know, we posted some things on socials today, uh, but I just want to make sure you guys all know that if you go to Mad Mushroom, you get the best cheese sticks in the game, the best pizza in the game, use our coupon code BITS for 15% per percent off any order you make with Mad Mushroom. Uh, if you use our coupon code BITS for boilers in the stands, uh, you'll get 15% off any order and you'll be giving us a shout out too. So shout out to Mad Mushroom and Fan Bags for uh, being proud sponsors of boilers in the stands. Um, you know, uh, so Jess, Jesse Justin says the inside scoop on Ron Barnes, guys, is he is from Fort Wayne, was Larry Bird's backup at Indiana State. But like to tell us kids, he beat Bird one on one before he left Indiana State. So this was, it, it, so and then and then Jesse says he used to get handsy with the plastic models of anatomy in sex ed class in a very and I'm like, why Jesse would you bring this up with Walter on? I have no idea. You you bait switched me with this comment and did. <laughs> Totally put me on the spot there. Like I thought maybe this was like an inside joke that I was missing, but Jesse apparently was filling us in on that. So it's a bit who, intense. Yeah, who knows? But <laughs> you know, we, we all had some crazy teachers in our day. I know my uh, Mr. Daly was our gym teacher. He was certainly nuts too. So you just never know with some. My mom's a teacher and she's crazy. No, I'm kidding. I love you, mom. <laughs> I'm actually crazy. I made her crazy. If she if she is crazy, it's because of me. Uh, you know, some people were asking in the chat, you know, is this my mom? Uh, and she, she, this is my mom, Barb Graham. That's my mom. And, and she's been through a lot with me. She's actually got my daughter tonight, giving me and my wife a, a night, uh, to hang out once I get out of here. And then I also <laughs> got to do one more thing, but that's why I also wanted to do it. So Grammy Addy night, uh, as it were, you know, <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> Troy Lewis Jackson says, what time do you guys go live tomorrow? Give me a break, <laughs> Troy. I've gone three straight days. We had the post game show on Sunday. This is I'm like I'm literally, you know, I'm 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 
stretching myself as thin as I possibly can here. So tomorrow we're going to take a break. How's that sound? And we're going to regroup for the big game on Saturday, Purdue versus IU. Uh, very excited for that Saturday night, primetime hoops. Uh, Northwestern and Illinois just got started, and I know everybody wants to get to watching that. Uh, it's early in the first half, so we'll see how that shakes out because if Northwestern loses tonight at Illinois, if Illinois can do something with their lives, then maybe uh, <laughs> Purdue can clinch a share of the Big Ten title on Saturday with a win over IU, which would be a pretty special scene. So, But we will always keep the content coming, maybe not daily, but it's certainly, you know, we're in the, the wheelhouse right now with everything going on, so you're going to be getting a lot of shows over the next few weeks and month, and uh, we're going to keep bringing great stuff. And Joe's doing his thing on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> more shows, <laughs> more breadsticks. I, I, I've had an I, I, you know what? I, I need to lay off the breadsticks. But at, <laughs> in this case, with the cheese sticks at Mad Mushroom, you can't go wrong. So maybe, maybe that's as good as we get. But Jeff Parks, uh, really appreciate the kind words. It's definitely a great episode, and mm-hmm. and I think everybody here at Boilers in the Stands, like I said, is contributing in a big way. Even though Craig Bowers couldn't be here today, uh, he was a big you know advocate for bringing Walter Jordan on, and Walter responded right away, very friendly on Twitter DMs, and uh, like I said to him, and it is no smoke, and and I had a lot of fun talking to Zach Eady and. Matt Painter scares the shit out of me and and all these guys that we've had on like Fletcher lawyer and Ethan Morton. And obviously Sasha's great to talk to, but uh, that was really cool to learn the history with Walter Jordan, his history and the history of the game in a, in a way from his perspective. So for me as a basketball lifer, that was as good as it gets uh, for, you know, I hate to rank them, but uh, it's hard to not put that at the top mm-hmm. of the list for me. So that I think is going to wrap things up for tonight, guys. Uh, I said it was going to be an under an hour. And once again, we hit an hour and a half. And so we've officially hit the wrap it up segment. Um, I promise Ben, the next time you come on, you'll be able to talk more. No, it's Uh, all good. I I wanted, you know, your energy and enthusiasm. And I thought you had some great questions with, uh, you know, talking to Walter about like how he gives back. You could really see him light up in that moment. So uh, you certainly brought it tonight, but, uh, you know, I, I, uh, like I said, I want to be able to give people a platform of their Sounds own good. on here and not Sounds just hey, how about this? talking out my ass. <laughs> how about this? I, I get you on my radio show next high school football season. And if you want to cover a high school game, we can get you on air doing that as well. Um, and then you can bring me back on this and we'll call it even. That sounds great. Uh, All right. And then you just got to worry about me talking too much. As you, no, that's okay. You I'm really good as the host of the show to cutting my correspondence off. So I'm go. pretty good at that. And I, <laughs> yeah, I need somebody to keep me in check. Uh, you got it. Normally it's Craig, but he's not here. So <laughs> this could easily go off the rails. So before it does, yeah, hit that like button. If you're uh, subscribing on YouTube, we hit 1,000 subscribers today. Just an hour or two ago, we've been driving towards that. I didn't think it was going to come this quickly. And then Zach Eady came on and all of a sudden people found where we were at and uh, we're on Apple and Spotify. Thanks to Joe. He's downloading those shows on audio platforms. If you you know ever want to listen to this show just on audio when you're in the office or doing whatever you're doing, uh, we, we like that you tune in through video because that we bring a lot of video content throughout our interviews that I, I think separates us from a traditional podcast. But 
you know, however you guys want to, you know, get what we're process our materials. However, you're processing our materials is the great Brian Newbert would say, I'm not going to steal his <laughs> line, but uh, I just did, I guess for, for today, but uh, we appreciate everyone tuning in. So thank you for subscribing and hitting a uh, thousand subscribers. Keep hitting that subscribe button. Keep hitting that like button on YouTube. Uh, follow us on fate. My Facebook page is like 15 away from hitting a thousand. So we appreciate everyone's support. This has been a big year for what we're doing here and we're just going to keep growing from there. So with that being said, everyone have a good night. You know, let's see what happens with this Illinois Northwestern game. We got Purdue and IU this Saturday night. We're going to be there and we're going to have our post game show once the game is over. And maybe once all the festivities, if there is festivities, um, we'll have to get to our stations and, and and wait all that out. So be patient with us on Saturday night. At some point, we will be going live for our post-game show, as we always do. So with that being said, for Joe Jackson and Ben Kolodzinski, I'm Greg Braggs, Jr., and this is Boilers in the Stands. Let's go, Boilers. Beat IU and Boiler up.